I grew up in a chaotic house and unfortunately for my mum, her mental health declined from when I was 11 and she was in and out of psychiatric care for then my whole teens into my 20s. So her mental health really declined and I believe that when her mental health started declining, so did the house, it got even worse. So when she when she was at her worst, I'd gone to her house and I, I basically changed the space in a very short amount of time. And that's what really started my career was the fact that because I've grown up in it and I've been immersed in it and I realised that there was such a direct connection between mental health and the way that we have our houses. Well, that's the voice of Dilly Carter, a professional organiser, and she's here to help us clear our minds by clearing our living space. This is the Liz Earle Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all have a better second half. I'm Liz Earle, and as you know by now, I'm on a real mission to find ways for all of us to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being today. And today I'm interested in finding out more about our personal relationship with the space Places that we live and work in. So how does that apply to you? Are you a clean and tidy person or are you happy to live in organised mess? Hmm. Do you exist in chaos? Does that worry you? Well, for me, I do like a nice, clear, organised space. I have to say I get slightly nervy and jittery if there's too much clutter around me. I do quite enjoy having a big clear out and I donate a lot to charity and I just find it very therapeutic, actually, particularly at the weekend, sit and clear and clean a few cupboards. What does that say about me, I wonder? Well, perhaps we'll find out because Dilly is the author of Create Space and Change Your Space. She's also the founder of Declutter Dollies, a complete organising and home styling service that turns chaos into calm. And that refers to both the homes and the minds of her clients. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, a warm welcome, Dilly. And I have to say, organising our homes does seem to be having a real moment. And do you think there's something in there about how chaotic modern life can feel so that we're all searching for ways to find calm and order and this sort of other confusion that we can't necessarily control? 
I absolutely think that since the pandemic, we have been so focused on our homes where we never were before. I think mm. we used to scoot in and out of life. We used to fly out the door at 7am, come back in at 7, 8pm. And actually, we spent so little time in our houses that it never really was the main focus. And I feel that since the pandemic, we are now all eyes on our house. We're looking at our spaces in such a different way than we ever used to. So there's been a huge shift in organisation, home organisation, how we look after our homes, how we look after our space and how that affects us mentally. That's really interesting. So let's rewind the clock a bit here. Tell me about your own childhood and how you've come to find solace in that idea of finding order in chaos. I found order in chaos because I grew up in chaos. And actually, for someone that didn't enjoy that, I went the opposite way. So a lot of people tend to either go the same way as their parents or the opposite way. And for me, it was the opposite. So the chaos that surrounded them, the untidiness, the way the house was, you know, the little time they had to spend on the house was not something that I do now. Mm. I've gone completely the other way. I did as a child. So everywhere in my house was untidy and messy and chaotic. Their lives were chaotic. And my room was always the tidiest. <laughs> it's always the neatest place. It was a place I used to escape to. So really? it was like my own little haven inside my house. You know, I, I went out the bedroom door and there was the chaos. But, you know, go back into your room and it was lovely and calm. And did you notice any difference then in, in the way you felt or maybe other people felt when they were in your calm space compared compared to other areas of the house where it was chaotic? It's really interesting because actually, despite my house being this chaotic environment, messy, you know, when you were young, when, you know, in the late 80s, 90s, when I was growing up, you know, there was always a party house, wasn't there? There was always a house that Mm. everyone had everyone over. And because my house was so chaotic, you know, that's where everyone wanted to be because it didn't matter. It was a mess. It didn't matter. It was chaos. (laughs) You know, no one was screaming at you or shouting at you to, you know, make sure your friends are tidy. They didn't care. So actually, it was quite beneficial as a teenager. Mm -hmm. People did enjoy being in my house. It was a really lovely house to be in. And despite my parents always working and, you know, not paying much attention to the house, everyone enjoyed being there. It's strange because my mum actually, as I said, you know, I grew up in a chaotic house. And unfortunately for my mum, her mental health declined from when I was 11. And she was in and out of psychiatric care for then my whole teens into my 20s. So her mental health really declined. And I believe that when her mental health started declining, so did the house, it got even worse. So that's why from a teenage years into my early 20s when she when she was at her worst I'd gone to her house and I I basically changed the space in a very short amount of time and realized that this was something that I was not only good at that I could do very quickly and I could I could help with other people and that's what really started my career was the fact that because I've grown up in it and I've been immersed in it and I've I've lived with my mum who's had mental health problems and seen the way her house was when her mind wasn't at its best I realised that there was such a direct connection between mental health and the way that we have our houses. Mm, I really like that idea. And you've made me think about it, actually, because I do like order. You know, I say to my kids, don't put things down, put them away because then you only have to do it once. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm forever tidying up and, you know, wiping down surfaces and, and putting things away. And I'm, you know, I'm going to name and shame all my children now. They, in <laughs> fact, my youngest is, is, is pretty good. Uh, but the others, all, certainly the ones who, who are at home, you know, their rooms are an absolute tip. Is it that sort of 
opposite because you're saying that, you know, you had a chaotic home and yet your bedroom was really calm and ordered. You know, do you think perhaps we we fight against what we naturally are living in? Absolutely. I think a lot of the time we do fight against it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just, you know, give up and just think, oh, let's, you know, let's just let them be messy. I can't be bothered. And so the rest of the house goes into chaos. And then sometimes it feels like you are the constant one that's shouting, screaming, trying to get everyone on your page, aren't you? And not everyone yes. wants to be. So you almost either just continue to be like that or you give up. And I think a lot of people do give up. So many people that I talk to, so many houses that I go into, they are always... I just, I, I don't know where to start. Mm. I, I don't know how it's got to this. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I tried my best and still we're not getting anywhere. But like you said, it's putting it away, not putting it down. You know, mm. it, it's doing mm. something with it rather than just doing nothing with it. Yeah, I mean, really interesting. I'd love to, to talk some more in a moment about, you know, the, the physicality of going into other people's spaces and helping them because there's such a psychological component to that. Do you think that your mental state or one's mental state is really directly connected to the physical state of our surroundings? 100%. You know, I believe that the way we feel in our in our minds is a reflection of our homes as well. And the way our homes are is a reflection of our minds. You know, so many of us are, you know, when we our houses are clearer, they're calmer, they're organised, we feel better. You know, we all feel better, don't we? Yeah, we, we do. Spend that Saturday morning having a good clear out before we go mm. to the shop, or mm-hmm. having a nice sort out when we've run the hoover round and finally we can sit down on the sofa and we're like, oh, that feels better. <laughs> Even if we put the dishes from dinner into the dishwasher, that simple task of mm. not leaving them in the sink overnight, putting them into the dishwasher, putting them on, and then knowing the surfaces are clear, that feels better. You know, someone doing that for you even feels better, doesn't it? If yes, someone says, I'll put the dishes away, you're like, oh, thank you. Because mm-hmm. that's one task that you don't have to do and that makes you feel immediately better. Yes. Because you are continuing to relax after your dinner and everyone else is, is doing everything for you. So is it a chicken and egg situation here? Is our space reflecting our mental state or is our mental state reflecting our space? I think it can be both. I think sometimes you would see a creative person or, I mean, I say creative, let's take my sister-in-law, for example. You know, she'll say, oh, I'm creative. That's why I'm messy. That's why everything's everywhere. Mm, (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that. She's so, you know, her bag is is got like 400 different things in her bag. She's not someone that's got a purse, some keys and a makeup bag. She's got the entire contents of her house inside her handbag. <laughs> and that is a reflection of the way she goes through her life. It's, you know, from one thing to another, you know, it's just, it's a little bit scary, mm. isn't it? And I think people that have that, that just sort of roll through life and just, you know, manage as they do and don't have any order, their homes are usually absolutely a reflection of that as well. Well, I'm sure we'll chat about this in a lot more detail but just give us an idea of what the very real health benefits are of living in an organised home. You know, it's not just about having a lovely colour-coded bookshelf to post on Instagram, is it? No, absolutely not. And I think the way that we, the reflection of our homes, it really reflects on us and it does give you that clearer mind. And what it does do is give you focus. And that's the problem, I think, is when we don't have any order, we don't have any focus and we can't actually be clear about what we want to do and what we want to change. So is it about completely resetting the approach on how we want to live? You know, not just thinking about the aesthetics, but thinking about how it's going to affect our state of mind. And and what are some of the, the key life stages, perhaps, that you find that people do want to make a real change at? Yeah, I think... 
When your key life stages, I mean, everything changes, doesn't it? As we go through, as we go through our lives, we have children. So suddenly, you know, we don't have that spare room anymore. The spare room becomes a nursery. Then the child gets older. The nursery becomes a, a, a child's bedroom. And then the child's bedroom will evolve into different types of furniture. And then the house, there'll be more arts and crafts. There'll be more toys. So maybe the conservatory downstairs is now the playroom. So now the playroom becomes something else and then something else becomes, and it, and it goes on, doesn't it? Through our mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Through those stages of our lives our homes change so radically you know they come first of all their playroom then they need to be in office then they need to be somewhere that you know we can have for homework you know lockdown saw that didn't it yes. our bedrooms people were using their bedrooms now as offices as offices yeah their kitchen tables were now an office but they also had to be somewhere where the children could do their home learning but they also had to be somewhere at the end of the day that was now clear for us to eat so they were three four different things throughout a day but what happened is none of us really changed the space properly what we did was sort of muddle through and shove things over to the side or just think, yes. okay let's clear the table quickly I need to do a meeting clear the background I need to do a meeting let's mm. you know take the ch- children's homework off there because we need to eat let's scoop everything into a bag and just shove it on the side you know so everything sort of just really made slight edits of our house we never really thought actually what is working for me what do I need this space to be you know some mm. of us still might be working from our kitchen table some of us still might be working in our bedrooms so it hasn't changed even though we might have a spare room that's perfectly adequate but what we haven't done is gone through the spare room that's full of stuff that we need to sort to make it that priority space so it's always about thinking what do I need that space to be and how can I make that work for the whole family and I imagine that being surrounded by so much clutter can invoke feelings of helplessness, you know, almost like you're not in control here of your own destiny, your own environment. You find that you're in a situation, I mean, certainly during the pandemic, that we couldn't do anything about. How much of these moments then are linked to identity and, and wellness, you know, even if we don't necessarily realise that? I mean, when people get in touch with you, for example, they may not realise that it's it's a wellness or a well-being issue. They might think it's just about the practicalities of getting some storage solutions absolutely and I think what happens is with clutter is people always think oh no I you know decluttering oh god I'm not chucking anything away I don't want to go through my stuff I don't want to (laughs) let go of anything I'm sentimentally attached to anything but actually what they're realizing is that they've been arguing for months and months about piles of things here piles of things there the fact that that room can't be used the fact that this can't be used the fact that actually they're getting quite stressed because every time they walk through the door there's there's stuff everywhere you know there's never anywhere to sit they have to move things off the sofa in order to watch tv or they can't still work from you know the spare space so what we have to look at is how is it affecting your relationships that's when it's starting to affect you because it's the relationships that you have with other people in the house and that's what absolutely is your indicator for something needs to change so many people will have this I want to declutter, he doesn't. I want to right. I want to organise, they don't. You know, there's always this yin and yang, isn't there, in relationships. And uh, what happens is we often have to either lead by example or, like yourself, you know, we're constantly pestering, aren't we? We're always going, right, please tidy up your room, please. Why does it look like this? You know, what do we need to do? I need to make changes and they don't. So I think what happens is when you get onto the same page, when you realise that actually this is making us both miserable, you start to do some different things. Mm. It's about changing your mindset. That's the problem is about you both having a change in mindset as to actually we both know that we need to make this office work because we're both working from home. We haven't got space for two offices. So what do we do? 
We need to work mm-hmm. out what space is more valuable. And actually, if it's affecting our relationships, if, if, if the children's room, uh, if they can't find anything in their rooms and every morning they're screaming that they can't find their school uniform, they scream they can't find a school bag and you're moaning at them and they're <laughs> moaning at you, then something has to change. So I think as soon as your clutter starts affecting relationships, that's when you have to do something. Because if it's affecting the way that you feel in your home, it's affecting the way that you are with other people in your home, that's when it really has to change. All right. Well, I think we're ready to do some of that decluttering now. So let's come back in just a moment to talk more about the emotional side of making these changes to the spaces that we're living in. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, let's start that decluttering process now, Dilly. And I think asking for help is perhaps quite difficult, you know, maybe more so for women in midlife who've always just had to get on with life to keep their families together and be the ones who sort everything out, you know, to look after the house with very little support. Do you find that people still have reservations about how transformational the whole clearing out process will be? Or by the time they reach out to you, are they completely ready for your help? Um, I think by the time most people contact me, they're ready for help. But I think what's so fascinating is, is that it's only in the last few years that us as women are actually asking for help in any form of life. I think we Mm. have spent so many years trying to do it all ourselves and thinking it's a weakness asking for help. I think that everyone used to think that asking for help is is a weakness and we don't want to ask for help. And if we do ask for help, that means we can't manage our life. We're struggling in our marriage. We're struggling with our kids. And it's a negative. 
But now I think we're so supportive of each other. You know, women really build each other up all the time. And I think we we, we admire other women that go, yeah, absolutely go and ask for help. If you need help to clean your mm. house properly, absolutely. If you need help with childcare, get it. You know, yes. when, we, when we have a problem with ourselves, we go to the doctor. You know, when we have a problem with our car, we go to the mechanic, you know. So why not when we have a problem with a house, go to a specialist and get someone to come and help you. There's, not, there's no shame in that. And there's never any shame in asking for help in any walk or any reason in your life. That is a really good principle, isn't it? To apply to everything, you know, and not not just decluttering. So, so somebody has reached out to you. You're going into somebody's space. Talk me through the process then of creating a space that works for someone's lifestyle and that's also going to improve well-being. What stages do we need to go through and, and what's the significance of each of them, you know, from removals to creating systems to transforming your space? The most important thing is always having a vision. Number one is the vision. What do you want that space to be? Once you've got that vision, okay, I want this to be an orderly playroom, for example. Okay, so have we got the right structure? Creating structure is the next most important thing. So when we look at the space, we have to have the vision. Okay, we want it to be a playroom. Number two, have we got the right things for it to be a playroom? Is the storage substantial enough? Do we need more? Do we need less? Do we need containers? You know, we have to look at that space and think, well, in order for us to make this an organized space, in order for it to work for your children and for you, when tidying up time comes, we need to create systems. We need to make sure that we've got enough containers to split the amount of toys that we've got there. So your Barbies Mm -hmm. are separate, your Paw Patrol, your your kens, your arts, your, your arts and your crafts, your pens. You know, do you wow. want to create an arts and crafts corner? Do you want a, a soft play corner? Gosh. There's all these yeah. different things that you have to think about. And then that's when we can go, right, okay, so now let's go through what you do have. Let's remove what you don't need. And now let's put the things that we do need back into those systems that we've created. How are we mm. going to dispose of those? These are always things that people worry about when they think about doing. Yes. It's where do these things go? You know, there are so many great charities now that will come to your house free and collect stuff there are so many services there are so many places that you can mm. donate you know there are there are banks in every single car park now that you can go and recycle things to and there are so many charities that yes. you know will take your things so it's always about having that plan but vision is the most important thing you need to think about is because mm. one, without that vision of knowing what you want that space to be you then can't execute all the other things so it's vision it's structure it's having the right tools and then it's having the time Time is the most important thing with any type of decluttering and organization. The reason that I will do something better than anyone else is because I'm committing the time to it. I'm starting it. I'm getting to the middle and I'm finishing it. What happens with most people is they think, oh, I'm just going to have a little sort out. And they literally do that. (laughs) They have a five, 10 minute sort out and nothing Mm. changes. And they're like, oh, I do it every day. But what you're not doing is giving it enough time and doing it properly. You're doing half a job. So it's always about doing it and seeing it through to the end and then you will see the results. It's actually very therapeutic, you know, clearing out cupboards, isn't it? If if you've got a few hours free on a Saturday afternoon, you know, sitting on the bathroom floor, getting everything out of the bathroom cupboards, you know, sorting out all the stuff that's out of date, the use by dates have long gone, cleaning all the makeup brushes. You know, I mean, I personally find it very satisfying, but then I am quite organised and I do like systems. And I remember living in London in the early days, there was a shop called The Holding Company, which was pretty much the first of its 
kind and you could go there and you could buy storage. And it was just like, how extraordinary that a <laughs> shop exists that sells lots and lots of different nests of baskets and, and laundry systems and, and, you know, containers and tins and, you know, all sorts of... I used to go there I mean, almost every weekend and just sort of wander around and soak it all in. I loved it. I love that. I mean, we <laughs> actually don't have many of those stores anymore. I mean, America have the container store, and which is right. a dream store, but we just don't have it. You know, you, we can go to... It's all online, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all online. So it's harder to just spend hours wandering around, losing yourself in, 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 in rows of baskets. <laughs> well, talking about getting rid of things, because I think that's sort of one of the, the first things that springs to mind when you mention the word declutter. In your work, you must have heard lots of quite emotional stories, probably, attached to those stages that you go through with clients, trying to persuade them, perhaps, to, to get rid of certain things because of emotional attachments. Do you find that that's an issue? And do you end up sort of being a bit of a shoulder to cry on sometimes? Oh, it's always like therapy. You're always like someone. Really? You know, as soon as you walk into someone's space, I'm constantly reminding people, you know, you're in, you're in their most personal space. You know, inviting mm. someone into your home to go through your most personal possessions it is really really soul bearing you know you see everything you see more than some people's friends and family see you know we're going through cupboards right. we're going through drawers we're going through personal memories you know so of course it's always going to spark emotion but i think the thing we always have to remember when we're tackling decluttering when we're when we're trying to think about letting go of things is you don't have to let go of everything that is not what the process is about the process is about splitting what we really need and what we don't need, and what we absolutely will never get rid of. Now, there are three different things, you know, the the things that we never want to get rid of, the things that we're sentimentally attached to, will be very easy and and clear about what we want to keep. You know, when we go through photos, we'll know, we'll know the ones that we really love, and we'll know the ones that have got red eye, that have got, you know, duplicates of them, that we won't Mm -hmm. want to keep. So it's not like, oh, you have to go, you have to get rid of all your photos. Of course you don't. You get rid of the ones that don't mean anything, the people that haven't, you don't know who they are in them. So you get rid of the (laughs) items that you don't want. So it's about looking at them and and, and filtering out the things. And I think people always get scared and go, oh, I'm sentimentally attached to anything. I can't declutter. But actually when they're, you know, forced to go through things, they find that actually there's not that much that they do want to keep. There's far less they want to keep than they thought they did because what they haven't done is actually go through things properly. You know, Mm. have been faced with a box of memories or what they called memories that they saved from 10 years ago. And and I had to go through them because what we also have to remember is our emotions change month after month, after days, after weeks, after years. So the way we feel about something today isn't necessarily the way we felt about something six years ago, you know, 16 years ago. So it's always important that we revisit everything that we're storing, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in storage, whether it's in the loft, whether it's in the garage, whether it's in a memory box, make sure that every six months or every six weeks or whenever you get time, you go back through that memory box, go back through that garage, go back through your wardrobe, go back through the loft and go, right, okay, do we still want them? Do the feelings that I had for those items still apply or do I feel like I've changed now actually I don't want mm-hmm. to and also our life situations change you know you might have been saving things because you're going to have a baby but now you've decided you're not having a baby you know you might be saving things because you're going to build a tree house and actually you're not going to build a tree house so you don't need that wooden <laughs> garage so it's yes. about these things because things change and I think people are so scared of the word decluttering because they think oh you're just going to come in and everything's got to go it hasn't it's just about filtering out what we really really want mm. I learned that actually when I moved house and I didn't have room for everything and I had to put a whole load of things in storage for a number of years while I got myself sorted out. 
And by the time I got it all out of storage and had it all delivered, I looked at it and I thought, I don't actually want any of this. You know, yeah. I don't need it. I've lived without it for the last couple of years. I paid, I paid all this money to store it and to have somebody deliver it and unpack it. And now it's, you know, I don't have a place for it. So it's almost as if, if you think that putting something into storage because you can't use it or don't need it right now, actually, maybe it should just go and you don't have to, you can save the storage cost. Absolutely. And if you think about when we go on holiday, I always use this as an example. You know, when we go on holiday, look at what we take with us. We take a very edited down collection of our wardrobe, don't we? Yet we think that we need so much of everything all the time. But when we go into a hotel room, what's the first thing we think when we walk into these hotel rooms is, oh my gosh, it feels so lovely. Why does it feel so lovely? Because there's nothing in it. It's the bare minimal. <laughs> we're not surrounded by stuff that we are at home. You know, uh, we've just got this lovely curated collection of things that we need, that we love, yeah. that, you know, that we want to be in. Uh, and it's so hard because when we get home, we're suddenly, we're, we're surrounded by stuff again. But when we're in yes. our bedrooms in a hotel, you know, we just have the side table don't we we just have Mm. perfume we just have a few little things and we know that we can all survive on very little but it's because we're so used to be surrounded by so much stuff that we then find that transition hard so by stripping all the extraneous bits away is there a real moment then of just sort of confronting what makes you truly happy what really matters I think which gives you a sense of security and a sense of kind of place I think so because I think you know I know that when we're on holiday that whole point of it is that we let go we you know we Mm. unwind we're away from work but also I think it's always such a good indicator of how little we need and how actually the only thing that matters to us are the people that are on holiday with us and you know the moments isn't it we're we're not looking for things when we're on holiday are we we're always looking for moments for memories we're creating those and they're Mm. the things that will never ever leave us we when we look back to our holidays that we've had with our families what do we remember it's moments we don't remember what flip-flops we were wearing what jacket (laughs) we were wearing or what dress we were wearing to dinner you know there might be obviously the odd occasion where sometimes clothes are a memory but they're very rare you know they're your wedding dress aren't they they're your prom Mm. they're something you know if you went to collect an award and you wore an amazing dress but they're not actually in things you know our most precious memories are actually just memories that is I'm sure going to resonate with a lot of people listening and thinking back to this idea of changing or or maybe asserting our identity is there a principle here of putting in place all the outward markers if you like of the person that you want to be so Mm. through the clothes you choose to wear how you choose to live so for example I want to be the sort of person who cooks more homemade meals so you should be keeping your pots and pans all together in an accessible place you know making the life you want as easy as possible to act on through your surroundings Absolutely. It's always about thinking, you know, when I'm stood in the kitchen, when I'm stood by the hob, how easy is it for me to get to everything around me? You know, how easy is it to get to the oils and vinegars, to the spices? You know, when you're doing your nighttime makeup routine, you know, how easy is it to get to your face creams, your serums, your cleansers, your toners, your exfoliators? You know, is everything in arm's reach? Is it easy for you to see what you do have? Is it or is it not? Are you constantly trying to get through piles and piles of beauty products just to find the one you want? You know, have you got too much of any? think order mm, and structure guilty. is important <laughs> order and mm. I, I can imagine your beauty cupboards to be immaculate <laughs> well there's a lot in there that's the problem I'm always testing things I need to perhaps have a better better system better system of storage I'm sure it's definitely I can only imagine you've definitely got everything organized by cleansers toners exfoliators. oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a shelf for each <laughs> 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 because I have to have so many on the go but uh, yeah and and I, I do systematically go through it because because it does 
slightly um, unnerve me having lots and lots of things around me. I, I I do like clear space and I like to have cupboards where I can put everything away. So I can't necessarily, they're not all out on display. I, I don't want to walk into a room and see everything. I quite like to have things hidden behind screens or behind curtains or whatever. Yes. So you have the overflow. So when you need mm. to get it gone out of what you do need, you can go and top it up. Mm-hmm. So it's always about having what you need in your direct space and then everything that's excessive or that's overflow into the other spaces. But you always want to be able to do things easily. So it saves you time. So cooking saves time because you can see all your spices, see all your oils and vinegars. You know that there's a baking section so you can get everything from the baking section when you do bake. So it's about creating zones. It's about creating structure. It's about saving time. Organisation is about saving you time. It's not about Instagram worthy cupboards. It's about making (laughs) sure that you can access everything at ease. What about passing things on and and when we do need to declutter and, and get rid of things? So for example, I get given a lot of things you know from family and friends and they're not always things that I really want and yet I feel obliged to keep them um, because they were given to me and I remember being advised by a psychologist who I was talking to uh, about gifting and she said well actually you don't need to keep them because you can look at them and appreciate the thought and kind of honour the intention behind it and say, I'm so grateful to have been, you know, thought about and given this. And I'm actually sort of going to bless it and pass it on and, and you know, give it to the charity shop or pass it on to somebody else who might really love it. Do you think that's that, that that's an acceptable action? Absolutely. And also, I think it's an ex- acceptable action to say, no, I'm actually OK. Thank you so much for thinking of me. But the kids don't need six bags of hand-me-down clothes that they're not going to wear. You know, I don't need, you know, a whole dining set because we've already got yes. one. I don't need those extra cups because I've got them. And it's about thinking. It's not about being rude or saying no to someone all the time. But it's about being honest about the space that you've got in your mm. own home. Mm-hmm. So many of us, especially with clothes, especially with kids, it's the biggest problem is that so many people accept hand-me-downs from families, from other people, because they think, oh, well, your kids are younger. Let's give it to all of them because A, it's getting it out of their house yes. and then it's just giving it to someone else. So they're, they're, they don't care because they're like, oh, well, it's out my house, so it's fine. Let's burden my friend or family with it. And then <laughs> the friend or family is so embarrassed, they don't want to say no, when actually they none of the stuff in the bag they need. It might mm. be the wrong season. It might be the wrong size. Mm-hmm. So if you do need things, that's when you need to speak up and speak to the family that you know have the family with kids older than yours and go, I don't, if they're getting ready of any of their school coats, I'm desperate for one. You know, mm-hmm. is there anything, you know, ask the questions about the things you think you might need if you're someone that does rely on hand-me-downs. But don't always take the bag and not look through it. Look through what you do need and don't right. say, can I accept these? But do you mind if I pass those on to charity because I don't need all of it? Yes. It's about looking at those bags that you are get, being given to. It's about looking at the hand-me-downs, the things that you don't necessarily need or want and then like you said donating them there's nothing wrong with that because actually it's taken over your space and you are the one that is going to end up suffering because you've now got 15 bags of hand-me-downs in your spare room (laughs) when you can have a lovely spare room (laughs) that's really true and I guess we can also then flip that around and say actually if we are doing the decluttering and we do have 
bags of hand-me-downs and we are thinking about passing them on actually rather than just turning up to a friend and saying here you are you know I thought of you and I'm bringing them to you we we say actually would you like you know Absolutely. do you need I've, I've got these I might would be able to like? pass them on yeah and, and, so and give them the option to say and permission to say actually that's really kind of you but but no thanks I remember when my parents down downsized, and I hope they're not listening to this. They they moved <laughs> from from a larger house to a smaller one, and of course my brother and I, we every time they came to visit, there would just be carloads, boxes full of things, uh, saying, you know, well, we you know we we can't fit this into our new house, so we brought it to you, and you know it's you know some of the things were lovely, and and it was a lovely thought. Um, but there was a pressure, I think, to to be thinking, oh, gosh, do I really need to keep this? And I did swear at the time to myself internally that I would not do that to my own children. I hope I can remember it in years to come when I move from a house, perhaps to a smaller space, that I'm I'm not automatically just going to gift everything and expect my children to be thrilled. No, but also the most important thing you can do is have conversations. Have yeah. the conversations with your children, with your parents, with your grandparents now. While you are all here, while you're all present, while you're all of sound mind, have those conversations because it's the people that don't have those conversations that then are left guessing. What do we want to keep? What don't they want mm. to keep? You know, mm-hmm. oh, I can't get rid of all of their furniture because, oh my God, they'd have been devastated. When, you know, for example, my mum who lives with me, she lives in a granny annex at the bottom of the garden. When she downsized, you know, it was a, mum, what do you want to keep? What don't you want to keep? You know, now if my mum had passed away, I would have thought, oh my God, she'd be devastated if I got rid of this bit of furniture and that bit of furniture and this. But actually what I realised is when we were going through that process is that there was very little that really meant something to her. There was Mm. only one piece of furniture and one table that she was adamant that wherever we move, it has to come with us. And that was was okay. It worked for the space. So everything else went. Now, when someone dies, if something happens, then that's when it becomes harder to make those assumptions. And often or not, we keep them in our garage, in a storage or in our house, even though we don't like it because we feel so guilty because we don't know. Yes. We don't know what they want. Yeah. It's really yeah. important to have conversations with mum, dad, you know, brother, sister, whoever. Are there any of these items that you want now? You know, you know, if, if anything was to happen, where do you want these items to go? You know, what is there precious that you would always want me to keep? You know, because it's the guessing game, isn't it? And that's what makes us feel so mm. guilty. We're constantly guessing what we have to keep and what we don't. So have the conversations, be open and honest with each other about the things that mean something and the things that don't. And also include other generations. I know a friend of mine, her grandmother died and her parents just immediately sold all the furniture without any consultation. And she was devastated yeah. because there were pieces there that, that she loved. I mean, she would have bought them, but, you know, she would have you know, had memories, as you say, sitting at the kitchen table, making things. And OK, it was a scratched old table, but for her, it was really special because it was her connection to that person. So I guess it's, you know, that the message is include everybody in those conversations. And I mean, we know communication is always the key isn't it to so many things and sometimes you know it might be something like an old pot you know that your granny used to make the chili in every Sunday or the stewing Mm -hmm. or you know there are certain things that mean things to other people that wouldn't mean something to anyone else so it's just about always trying to earmark those and think actually what is it that I really want and what what do I want to make sure that everyone knows that 
I like and don't like. Mm. Well, let's end on a conversation quickly about mental health and well-being and, and ways that we can keep it in check now because decluttering, it just can't be a one-time click of your fingers and it's a forever solved kind of thing. No. What kind of little and often investments in looking after our space do we need to be doing You know, once we've done that big initial transformation? I think, as you just said, little and often, that's the key. It's about revisiting everything that we've we've gone through in big items so you know if we think about doing like a dolly dash is what I do every single day a 15 minute dolly dash 15 minute challenge to change a space in your house so that means that even you know if you think you've been through your ward- wardrobe six months ago you might do a little dolly dash every couple of weeks thinking I'm going to go through the knitwear today I'm just going to have another look for my jeans I'm just going to have another look, little look through the cutlery drawer through the pots and pans so if you give yourself those 15 minute challenges it's not so overwhelming and it just means that you might be able to keep on top of things but in the book what I do have is a 30 day challenge which means that every four months that there are 30 days in it gives you that time to reset so you can remove up to 465 items from your house now you wow. might have had a huge amount of decluttering so I don't need to do that every every uh-huh. month that has 30 days I might just do it twice a year and go right I need to go through my items that is really amazing I love that And I shall definitely be heading off and doing my dolly dash and thinking of you for 15 minutes every day as I take one area. And I shall be encouraging all those who are still living with me at home, I hope they're (laughs) listening, to be doing the same. Dilly, it's been a real pleasure and very much inspiring uh, and a great time of year with this new season. Spring sunshine, time to get out there and, and declutter. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for that chat. And by the way, if it's your wardrobe that needs particular attention, do listen back to the episode with Shakela Forbes-Bell because she had lots of brilliant thoughts on how clearing out your clothes in particular can help you shed the identity that doesn't make sense to who you are right now. Does that resonate with you? Mm, It's a very good thought-provoking episode. Do go back and take a listen. And if you'd like to listen back to Shakela's episode or any other episodes ad-free, you can now subscribe to the Lizard Wellbeing Show Plus on Apple Podcasts for a very small monthly fee. And once you're a subscriber, you also get 24-hour early access to those ad-free episodes as well. I would love to know whether you are a tidy house, tidy mind person like me. Well, you can find me on social media. I am at Lizelle Me and the team are at Lizelle Wellbeing. So until the next time we chat, go well. Goodbye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.